Trapcast Express. Trapcast Express, it's Saturday, March 6th, 2021. The Jesuit apostate Jorge Bergoglio is currently visiting the Republic of Iraq. Today, he visited the Plain of Or for an interreligious encounter with adherents of what he calls the Abrahamic religions. You know, as though Abraham were the father of multiple different creeds. France's address was filled with lies and half-truths, but we're not going to talk about that in this podcast because, honestly, I'm still busy writing a blog post on it, and that should be up at Novos Ordo Watch no later than Monday. Now, before France's trip to Iraq, a Syrian monk by the name of Father Jacques Murad claimed that Francis was going to Iraq to bring Jesus Christ to the people there. Yeah, I don't think I'm revealing too much if I tell you right now that not one word was said about our blessed Lord at the interreligious encounter. Anyway, in a March 4th report published by Fides, the information service of the Pontifical Mission Societies, Father Murad is quoted as saying, quote, The Pope brings the love of Jesus to everyone. Everyone can love Jesus and experience his unconditional and immoderate love. Everyone has the desire for Christ in their hearts, unquote. Now, that is false on a number of levels. First, Francis isn't in Iraq to preach Jesus Christ to Muslims. The nation is 98% Muslim, by the way. But to bring them the Masonic ideas of human fraternity, human rights, dignity, dialogue, and all that. Most of all, he is bringing them the lie that we all believe in and worship the same God, the God of Abraham. Secondly, Christ's love is not unconditional. Well, it is in one sense, and in one sense only, and that is in the sense that he offered himself for our redemption while we were his enemies and despite having absolutely no merit of our own. Yes, in that sense only, God's love is unconditional. But of course, that's something Francis never explains, right? Or any of these other modernists that love to talk about how God's love is unconditional. God's love is not unconditional in the sense that no matter what you do, God will always forgive, God will never be angry, God will never punish, and in the end, you go to heaven because, oh, the love. No. And yet, that is precisely what Francis suggests by his constant harping on God's unconditional love. Thirdly, it's false, and probably heretical, to say that everyone has the desire for Christ in his heart. Sounds very much like a denial of original sin or of its consequences. And of course, it's just absurd on the face of it. Are we supposed to believe that some Islamic terrorist bombing churches has the desire for Christ in his heart? Hello? But then it seems that that's precisely what Father Murad believes, because he also says that by living in humble poverty among Muslims, quote, we also cultivate the expectation that Jesus is present in Muslims. 
unquote. Now, by saying that, he's really just echoing Francis, who said in Bangladesh in 2017 that the Muslim Rohingya refugees are an instance of the presence of God today. That is the precise phrase he used, the presence of God today. Now, if we were to challenge that, of course, the response we would get is that this is just the teaching of Matthew 25, right? Where Christ said, whatever you did to the least of my brethren, you did to me. See? There. Christ considers the poor to be himself. Yes, that is true in a certain sense, but that's not what Father Murad was talking about. He didn't say Jesus is present in the poor. He said he is present in Muslims. And although our Lord said, yes, that I was hungry and you gave me to eat, I was thirsty and you gave me to drink, I was sick and you visited me, etc., he did not say, I was an unbeliever and you helped me, or I was an idolater and you cared for me. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that we shouldn't help poor people if they're Muslim. I'm not saying that. Of course we should. I'm saying that it's nonsense to say that Christ is present in Muslims. What is that supposed to mean anyway? I mean, concretely. He's not there in terms of sanctifying grace. Okay, that's for sure. I mean, Muslims aren't even baptized. Okay, they're supernaturally dead, as is any even Catholic in the state of mortal sin. So Christ is not supernaturally present in a Muslim, and that would only leave a natural presence. But Christ is certainly not naturally present in a Muslim either. It's true that Christ became incarnate, that he took on a human nature, and so became our brother, but that doesn't mean that he is present in each human being. To say otherwise is naturalism. And by the way, if Christ were present in Muslims and in all people, then why is Francis going to Iraq to bring him to them, Father Murad? Now, switching gears for a minute, here's a headline that appeared on the Catholic World Report on March 4th. Cardinal Grech to Irish bishops, a synodal process promises an ecclesial springtime. Look, if there's one thing they don't need in the Novus Ordo, it's yet another new springtime in the faith. Okay, I mean, they're still recovering from the prior one. And for those who don't know, I'm talking about Vatican II. That new Pentecost, new springtime, the great renewal, and all these monikers that they came up with. In actual fact, of course, instead of a genuine renewal of Catholic faith and practice, what they got once the initial excitement wore off was a more or less gradual descent into nothing short of apostasy. And that's obvious, okay? People lost the faith left and right. The true faith was replaced by a counterfeit. The holy sacrifice of the Mass became a banal liturgical meal. Infant baptisms went down. Marriages went down. I think the only thing that actually went up was annulments, and boy, did they. Uh, confession was discouraged and turned into more of a psychological counseling session. All awareness of the seriousness of sin was lost. So-called social justice causes were introduced. 
The supernatural was replaced by the natural, God was dethroned, and man was placed at the center instead. But all of that isn't enough yet for this new cardinal from uh, Malta, Mario Grech, because he now wants another one of those rotten springtimes. Addressing the Novus Ordo bishops of Ireland, Mr. Grech said, quote, A synodal process promises an ecclesial springtime, a rebirth of an authentic church, unquote. Okay, so note well, ladies and gentlemen, he just acknowledged that his church is fake. I mean, why else would he need an authentic church to be reborn, right? And so according to him, this authentic church is going to be the fruit of the synodal process, which is basically a bunch of Novus Ordo bishops meeting up to discern together what the Spirit is saying. Look, I have no doubt that that is going to result in an authentic something or other, but it's not going to be an authentic church. The only authentic church was founded by our blessed Lord and Savior Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago, and Club Francis isn't it. Meanwhile, the chief Novus Ordo bishop in Germany, the land of Martin Luther, has put his foot down about intercommunion between Novus Ordos and Lutherans. Listen to this from a report by Catholic News Agency dated March 3rd. Quote, A leading German Catholic bishop has cautioned priests against intercommunion with Protestants during an ecumenical event in May. Bishop Georg Betzing of Limburg said in a March 1st letter to clergy that they should only give Holy Communion to non-Catholic individuals if they requested it after examining their consciences, unquote. Tough guy, huh? <laughs> he explains, quote, the prerequisite for a worthy reception of the Eucharistic gifts for both Catholics and non-Catholics is the examination of one's conscience, unquote. Uh, no, the absolute minimum for a worthy reception of Holy Communion is the state of sanctifying grace, doofus. And of course, non-Catholics are never permitted to receive Holy Communion in the real Catholic Church, that is. It is permitted, indeed, in the Novus Ordo sect, and that is in their canon law and in the uh, fake magisterium of John Paul II. And you can look this up yourself. It's uh, Canon 844, paragraphs 3 and 4 of the 1983 Code of Canon Law, as well as in Canon 671, paragraphs 3 and 4 of the 1990 Code of Canons for the Eastern Churches. And you can also find it in John Paul's encyclical Ecclesia de Eucharistia, number 45. Furthermore, it is found in the 1993 Directory for the Application of Principles and Norms, on ecumenism, paragraphs 129 through 131. Yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> St. John Paul II for you. All right, one more. We're going to go back to the Frankster. Headline on Catholic World Report on March 2nd. Pope Francis 
world could face a new great flood. Now, when I first read that, I thought, oh, wow, you mean he actually believes in the first one? But then when you read the article, he kind of waffles on it. The report says, quote, He noted that experts regarded the flood as a mythical story. He stressed that he did not wish to be misquoted as saying that the Bible is a myth, but suggested that myth was a form of knowledge. The flood is a historical account, archaeologists say, because they found evidence of a flood in their excavations, he said, unquote. Well, that's nice. So, Francis is willing to concede that the deluge actually happened, not because God himself says so, but because archaeologists tell him so. You see, that's always a good way to proceed, right? Is this account in scripture a myth or not? Hmm, let's see what the archaeologists have to say about it. Now, of course, God himself promised that he would never again punish the world with a great flood like that. In Genesis 9.11, God told Noah, quote, I will establish my covenant with you, and all flesh shall be no more destroyed with the waters of a flood, neither shall there be from henceforth a flood to waste the earth. Unquote. So, why is Francis even bringing up this idea of a new flood? Does he think God will break his promise because he's so sick and tired of all the apostasy, the greed and envy, the impurity, the hatred, and the bloodshed in the world? Oh, wait, let me rephrase that in Bergoglio-friendly terms. Does he think God will break his promise because he's so sick and tired of all the gossip, the unemployment, the rigidity, the disunity among religions, the refusal to encounter others, and the walls being put up instead of bridges? Oh, no. No, Francis is concerned that there may be a new flood because of climate change. You know, some people are their own best parody. Tradcast Express is a production of Novus Ordo Watch. Check us out at tradcast.org, and if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novusordowatch.org slash donate.